Standby, Phil. Five, Standby, music. Four, Standby, now. Three, two, one. And fade out. The Bellagio, the Mirage, and the MGM Grand. You're a wizard, Harry. Mike Wazowski. Open your eyes. Now tell me, where are the others? Eat me! King Kong ain't got on me! What about second breakfast? Why not? Why can't I? How can we be expected to teach children to learn how to read if they can't even fit inside the building? Nowhere to begin. Um, all right, well, welcome everyone to a mini pod episode of 20 Years for Beers coming at you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. My name is Steve, and this is my big brother, Tim. And thanks for listening. Again, our mini pods are sort of designed to be shorter versions of our full episodes where we take a look at movies, although in this case, is not necessarily the case, but we do take a look at movies and maybe we can't think about doing a full episode but we will sort of shorten it or we don't want to (laughs) um this will likely be a case of a movie that we enjoy as opposed to a couple of our other mini pods that have been movies that we have just decided (laughs) to right just take a big giant dump on (laughs) yeah uh so that's a good start yeah so we are actually gonna do 2001's animated I guess classic. I guess you can safely say it's yeah. a classic in a sense. Uh, Shrek. Yeah. Um, so we are going to do this as we normally do, which is a sort of truncated version. And we're going to do our high fidelity top five. Top five side ones. Track ones. And each one will be kind of one of our segments. So our first one, I guess I'll give a little bit of a backstory of Shrek. Sure. Right? Yes. Yeah. I mean... Anyone if you who has, don't know, if you've if you've been a child or had a child in the last twenty years, you've seen this movie. Yes, yes. Um, but essentially, Shrek centers around a loner ogre who is suddenly threatened with eviction from his beloved swamp by Lord Farquaad. Shrek is quested with rescuing Princess Fiona as an option to keep his swamp and get back to his seclusion. Reluctantly, he is joined by the wisecracking, loudmouthed donkey. And the two venture to rescue Fiona from a dragon and bring her back to her true love. What follows is a fun update on a really a mini classic fairy tales mm-hmm. sort of updated version of that. The film is directed by Andrew Adamson and Vicki Jensen, written by a few people Terry Rossio, Joe Stillman, Ted Elliott, Roger Schulman, and stars Mike Myers as Shrek, Eddie Murphy as Donkey. Cameron Diaz as Fiona, and John Lithgow as Lord Farquaad. So there we go. That's our background. So our first sort of topic is going to be reviews. We'll do that, actually. And I we watch these I separate. want to do reviews first. Yeah, and we do watch these separately and come together uh, and talk about it. So let's do reviews first instead of Drinking Buddies. So uh, what for our first number one is our social network. If you guys were the inventors of Facebook, you'd have invented Facebook. Where we look back at the reviews. Tim, what do you got on? Do you have one or two? I have two. Sweet, because I did not have one. So now we can just call that for both. Sweet. Love it. <laughs> Speaking of done Mulligan. And done. I'm going to enjoy my beer. Yikes. Uh, the IMDb rating is 7. out of 10. Hmm. Um, 7.8? 7. 7.8. Really? Yeah. Huh. 
Classic. No, I, it is. I just... I, yeah. Okay. All right. uh, Ian Nathan of Empire wow. Magazine wrote that it's beautifully written, gloriously animated, and tastily subversive. <laughs> tastily subversive? Exactly. I'm like, it's so weird. And I've been, I have been described that so many times <laughs> in my life. <laughs> yes. Uh, the uh, Our main man, Roger Ebert. You cannot... Avoid Again, Roger it's Ebert. a staple. <laughs> He's he won a freaking award. I can't. Yeah, when did he die? Because then at some twenty thirteen. Oh, we got lots of time then. Yeah, yeah, we're good. God, um, the fact I know that offhand is really sad. <laughs> but whatever, I didn't know what I had for doing last night. R.I.P. Raj. Four stars. Four out of four. Four out of four stars. Oh, then you got to cover Raj on this one, right? We just did Memento, and that was three, three. out of four. Exactly. Four out of four. Four to four. I said, the film is not your average family cartoon, and Shrek is jolly and wicked, <coughs> filled with sly in-jokes, and yet somehow possessing a heart. All right. But social network. I know. I was like, wow. They four out of like, four. Loved it. People were talking at the time of like, I think it was like DreamWorks. I mean, they had ants before then, but this was kind of their big first foray into like full-on animation like computer animation and every like all the reviews were just waxing poetic about do you have how... any initial thoughts like about that like do you remember watching this <laughs> i don't remember why i mean i remember that i'd seen it many times throughout mm-hmm. my life before this but uh i don't remember ever actually seeing it in the theater mm-hmm. i remember watching me like i don't really want to see this i hated this movie the first <laughs> time around yeah i hated it i yeah. was like this is what everyone's loving right right now? and i don't know if it was because i mean Anyone who listens would be like, wait, this guy was like a youth director? But I don't know if I was like at church and I was like all the adult humor in it. And and I think, and we can talk about the difference between Pixar and DreamWorks all night long. Like, I think the adult humor in this film is like aggressively adult humor. Like yes. it's over the top. And then whereas like, I think Monster, like Monsters Inc. will talk about it in other Pixar films. They have adult humor that's meant for adults that isn't like crude in any way. It's not meant to be crude. Like I think we'll... that's what stood out at the time. And now yes. now I, I we'll talk about the difference in that. I did not like this movie the first time around. I didn't understand why yep. everyone loved it. So I, I just remember seeing four star reviews and everyone loved it. Uh and then the Oscars, I assume you're talking about. Yeah, the yeah. next thing was the social network piece where it was nominated for best adapted screenplay. Because it's based upon a book from okay. like 1990 or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. But at the time, I remember we talked about it was the first time the Academy Awards had ever separated out their main best picture category. Mm-hmm. And they offered a best animated feature. Mm-hmm. And for us, it was kind of a pretty incendiary, frustrating thing of like, how dare you try and separate out the medium yep. of live action versus cartoon or animated they should be together because up until that point, really only like, I guess, Beating the Beast had been up Correct. for something. Yeah. And now I'm actually happy that the Academy did it because I think it was so crapped on for so long. Like yeah. You could have such amazing. But then we've seen, you know, Up and Toy Story 3 and others like yeah. be nominated justifiably so. But there was the first time that it was ever had the best animated feature and Shrek won that year, which from a social network standpoint was odd because looking through things peter travers of rolling stone actually predicted it probably was going to happen mm-hmm. um and so kind of the foresight to think that way and i went into watching this this week because i remember at the time thinking how the hell 
to this win over Monsters, Inc., which we maybe we'll talk about or even the next mm-hmm. podcast with uh, Monsters, Inc. as we're going to watch. But, um, yeah, it won the first ever Best Animated Feature at the Academy Awards that year. Mm. Gross. As you shake your head. Yeah, no, it's gross. Um, so our, so we'll just hop right into then the Drinking Buddies. Come on, not my fucking beer. Portion. And again, we watch these separately. So each of us drink two beers. Uh, I know you watched this over a couple of days, so I don't know if you had like six beers or not. But <laughs> no, uh, what were the two beers that you had? Well, it was a slight theme beer in terms Ooh. of having something that's well recognized or appreciated for consistency or people say oh it's really enjoyable but might be overrated hmm. uh so i drank some new glaris beers <laughs> so out of wisconsin uh i had their moon man their no coast pale ale which for so long was like such a great beer for me but it's mm-hmm. just as the industry's caught up to it it's fine uh, and then I had their seasonal uh, cabin fever, which is kind of a nice, really uh, solid lager option they have. So, hmm. yeah, those are the two options. I had a New Glarus Moon Man and their cabin fever <clears throat> beers. What'd you have? Well, I went with whatever was in my fridge, <laughs> so I didn't really think too much about it. <laughs> I was like, uh, you didn't put forth onto this? No, I was like, I mean, yeah, these are in my fridge, so I'll just drink those. Um, I had, I don't think we've had any Steel Toe. Mm-mm. So I had Steel's Toe, Steel Toe out of Minneapolis, I think, or St. Louis Park. St. Louis Park, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're size 11, triple IPA. Mm. Um, yeah, 11, 11% ABV. Again, it's a triple IPA that is not, like, punchy in the face with hops kind of a thing. You know, it's really good. Yes. Um, so really, good. really I had, good. I had a four and a half out of five. Like, I... Um, I like Steel Toe. They they are high B, IPA heavy Steel yeah. Toe, and so I do yeah. appreciate that. Um, really well done. And then I had the really the standard beer that I have in my fridge because it's always there. So I was like, it's there. And I also don't think we've drank it. Is Fulton's three hundred IPA? Oh, I don't think we had we, we have not had that. We so, have not because uh, it's such a like it's always in the fridge. It's so good. Yeah, but again, I was like, we we've had a lot of LTD. I was like, eh, we'll do. Maybe I won't do an LTD, um, but Fulton 300 IPA is um, if you're in the Upper Midwest and you can get it, that's the that to me is the one you get in town. Awesome. That's a four and a half to four seven five depending on my mood of that night. Yep. Um, which is about as good as it gets for me. That's that's my standard. So I I had that, and again a stand. So I was love this like the Steel Toes Triple IPA was 11 percent, and Stones or Fulton's 300 is seven percent. Like it's actually it's yeah. not hmm. that far apart for just a single versus a triple so again i never know what the difference is but there you go that's good um you may edit it do we want to talk about the beer we're drinking now sure go ahead no yeah so to uh, enjoy our podcast now we're having the junkyard out of uh moorhead minnesota their triple double triple ipa with strata and sabro and as we had this it's 10.2 percent. both of us were not inclined to enjoy it Sabro and hops, man. Holy crap. God, it's good. It's so good. I didn't want to like it. <laughs> Much like this movie. Yeah. I was like, I didn't want to like this. I don't but like it. It's man, really good. It's really good. I'd probably do a four and a half on that one, too. I'd say four and a half. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's. I would <clears throat> seek this out again. It's fantastic. <clears throat> so. Well, I uh, do you have any first thoughts like on, on Shrek? Like what came out and when it comes to our sort of high fidelity of high fidelity? What, Top five. What? 
kind of comes to mind for you? Watching this again, I remember uh, Smash Mouth's All Star. Hey now, you're an All Star. Get your game on, go play. Being kind of like prominently uh. featured, but what the hell was up with 2001? Yep. Being the year of just repurposing popular songs for audience amusement. So we had A Knight's Tale of mm. the swashbuckling knights, uh, wonderful Heath Ledger, enjoyable thing of all these, like, we will rock you. And then as we saw in our, or in our first podcast of the year, Moulin Rouge. Yep. Spectacular! Spectacular! And then Shrek. Apparently, the, it just was a serendipitous pairing that year of 2001. All these movies coming to a head of, we're just going to take popular songs in many, many different versions and just repackage them yeah. for the audience. That was like watching, be like, oh, and the, oh, yeah, there's this song and this song yeah. and this song. Oh, yeah, and this. Like When did Napster happen? Or when did, like, <laughs> it was, was around yeah. this time yeah, where true. you were saying, yeah. all of a sudden it was... Yes. You could just have all these. You didn't have to listen to the radio, and all of a sudden, these movies are echoing this. Yes, it's yeah, yeah. Like Joan Jett was in there. And I was like, okay, we're just gonna do this. So that <laughs> struck me right away. Watching me like, okay, they're just gonna just that that year was just a year of just putting pop music into everything. Yeah. Well, mine's a lot deeper than yours is. Good well, lord. We just my first real take easy. really was. Again, I hated this movie the first time around. Um and I saw that it was nominated for a screenplay, and I was like, what? Yeah. Um, but I got to give it credit in the sense of there is, like other comic book movies or a lot of animated movies, there's this like subtle and overt social commentary in it. Yes. And it really is. And I was very impressed. I mean, right off the bat, they're talking about resettlement camps. Yeah. Like just right off the bat, yeah. you're resettling fairy tale creatures yep. into their own separate camp. You're like, what? Like just it doesn't. That's mm-hmm. not something that up up until this point that had a lot of the themes that are talked about in this movie. And I will give it credit in that is they weren't really talked about in especially animated films for kids. But you've got resettlement camps. You've got judging a book by its cover, assumptions and acceptance for who we are. Um, you know, finding the beauty within the power structure and imbalance in the world of having, you know, poor versus or like lesser versus uh, wealthy. Wow. Um, you've got unwanted physical contact at one point too. <laughs> like there's, there's all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, I will like, I could also talk then about the idea that sure. It's all about your inner beauty, except for Fiona. It's not Fiona and Sh- like Fiona and Shrek don't accept each other for the inner beauty. She just turns into an ogre at the end. Yes. And so, like, has to sort of conform to him. But also, that is she another social commentary of saying, like... I mean, you could really go deep, and that's not their point. But there are a lot of, forgive the reference, layers to this. Ogres are like onions. They stink? Yes. No. Oh, they make you cry? No. Oh, you leave them out in the sun, they get all brown, start sprouting little white hairs. No. Layers. Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Onions have layers. You get it. We both have layers. <laughs> On onions. Onions have layers. There just are. And I don't know because I know Ted Rossio um, and also I'm blanking on it. One of the other writers, I think Ted Elliott. They they were they were writers for Disney for a while. Oh. And so I think they were. 
they had this sort of like these sort of built-in tropes and stuff like that too. But I, I don't know. I, right off the bat, I was like, and not like I was sh- shocked by it. I knew those were in there. But when you really think back to 2001 and, and thinking back at this time, the fact that, that those kind of themes were in a sort of kids movie is pre- actually pretty impressive. Well, it's funny you mention that because I, I remember this movie being like the high points of it in terms of Mike Myers and his like Scottish accent and like slapstick stuff and whatever. But watching again, yeah, what struck me was to play out that point was a really progressive and subversive movie. Yeah. So when the Empire magazine talked about being it's tastefully subversive, yeah, the, the whole like princess rescued by a knight and like a noble knight trope that had dominated the 20th century animated films was totally like turned on its head. Yeah. And that was fascinating to me watching again of like, oh, they're like, we're pretty ahead of the times in 2001 mm-hmm. in terms of having these dynamics at play and when Fiona like fights off uh, Robin Hood and his merry men in the woods. I'm just like, get off me, man. Like, yep. It was like, okay. Like, I just think I wish I would have watched it with the kids, actually. Yeah. To see, like, because I haven't watched it with them yet. Like, are you going to enjoy it or not? Because it's under the guise of, like, it's a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. But no, it, it, it did stand out to me in terms of its, like, subversive and kind of progressive tone from 20 years ago. Totally agree. Was that here? No, it was playing off yours. I have another one. Go ahead. Um, I assume this is number four. Yes. Right? Okay. Do it up. The Muffin Man sequence is just so gloriously stupid and hilarious to it. me. I, I hope it. you put it in here for the like. I've got it right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gingerbread man. The yes. gingerbread man scene will likely be in this. Yep. Run, run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. You're a monster. I'm not the monster here. You are. You and the rest of that fairy tale trash poisoning my perfect world. Now tell me, where are the others? Eat me! I've tried to be fair to you creatures. Now my patience has reached its end. Tell me, or I'll... No, not the buttons! Not my gumdrop buttons! All right, then. Who's hiding them? Okay, I'll tell you. Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. Yes, I know the Muffin Man. Who lives on Drury Lane? Well... She's married to the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man! Uh, it just, I, I remember watching the time, laughing so much, and again, same thing. So fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah. Just... Eat me! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then the... Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man! The Muffin Man! <laughs> yeah. Who lives in Drury Lane? Oh my god, just incredible yeah like the 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 subtext of the comedy was fantastic so i don't know if this is my fourth one but uh, that was kind of a high point like what i'll say is really true like at the time most voice actors weren't like brought in for their name recognition Mm -hmm. we we take it for granted now in -hmm. terms of like Mm -hmm. marquee names and pixar was much more of like the that's Pixar funny. had it in the '90s with Tom Hanks and Tim Allen and stuff, but otherwise, really, is like find the like like Craig mm-hmm. Nelson. Who gives a crap about him? In Incredibles, like, like in terms of it's not a marquee name. It's like this is our product, and you'll come in and experience like the right voice for the right character. Don't you dare besmirch Coach. I'm not. I love Incredibles. I love it. I'm just saying it wasn't something like 
yep. Will Smith and that Shark Tale crap or whatever. Like DreamWorks. But Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. in this is easily one of the best voice works I can think of. Mm-hmm. He's so damn good in this. Mm-hmm. And he carries the lighthearted and the hilarious. Like, he's the comic foil in many ways, but he's got, like, just these he, moments he's of also gravity. the heart. Absolutely. And the heart is so, <clears throat> so good in this that yep. I was not remembering from when I fr- saw it the first time. Like, he's, yeah, f- absolutely incredible. I think the um, the Pixar versus DreamWorks comparison is just inevitable rewatching this. Mm-hmm. Like, it just was. And. It's the same year as Monsters, Inc., which we'll talk about on our next full episode. Um, but then I looked and I was like, this is nine years prior to two other films from each of these uh, movie studios. And mm-hmm. DreamWorks had How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, God. The first one. So good. It is good. So good. But then Pixar had Toy Story 3. They're the same year. And I look at this and I'm like, animation-wise, hmm. well, number one anyway, uh, Monsters, Inc. is better animation-wise than Shrek oh, yeah. uh, by a mile. Yeah. But then I think, yeah, you go, you advance nine years. And I think of, while I do enjoy How to Train Your Dragon 1, yeah, I think of the animation in it. And I also think of me watching him in the movie. <laughs> the end of Toy Story 3, I'm legitimately crying thinking they're going to kill off inanimate Sobbing objects. openly. Yes. And I think of How to Train Your Dragon 1, and I'm like, yeah, it's good animation, it's a good movie, and it's like, it's, it is yes. a well-done movie, it's but really I just good. think of the the comparisons are inevitable, I will forever be on Pixar's side of this. Uh, totally. It just will not, it will not change. Um, but I will say in re-watching this, I was pleasantly surprised at how much more I enjoyed it. It had been, in, in, um, I watched it in one sitting. Um, in rewatching it in one sitting by myself with a couple beers, but still it had been quite a while since I had watched it oh, in totally. one sitting. It, you know, I might've seen it on TV here and there, but, uh, I was pleasantly surprised at how much more I enjoyed it than I kind of had sold myself in those comparisons along the way. So I, I, I Pixar will always be number one, but yes. it is, I, I, it really stood out that it was better than what I had remembered it. I agree because Pixar is kind of the rare studio that Ugh. no matter what comes out, like I, when I look at like, I, I don't give a crap about like what Warner Brothers puts out or no. Universal or who, whatever. But Pixar and Marvel to me yep. are the two standard bearers of like, I know I'm getting my money's worth. And so Pixar to me is like uh, the, the end all be all. Yeah. But yes, I was not expecting much of this. And while I watched like half hour chunks just because of timing or whatever, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I was actually pleasantly surprised that I did not I was coming into it largely I think because I was biased because of the Academy Award thing. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. But no, like it's good. Watching I'm like, oh actually it was quite good. Like yeah. I I thought it was really and I liked Mike Myers choice of the scottish accent like yeah he was originally it, gonna be canadian accent yeah <laughs> would have been which would have been yeah. yeah so i was like all right i enjoyed it but no, i agree it um i was pleasantly surprised yep do you have a fifth option do you want to do trivia what do you want to do the exciting quiz program 21 so the I quiz had, show to me okay yeah, go ahead okay. no yeah no. you got a quiz show uh, kind of but do it what do you got so 
many people know like Chris Farley was the original voice of Shrek mm-hmm. before he unfortunately died, and then Mike Myers came in and did lots of different voices and such. But John Lithgow apparently was not the original choice for Lord Farquaad. Hmm. The original actor chose to bow out of this because of another huge franchise that was starting in 2001. Do you know that actor that was going to be the voice of Lord Farquaad? Mm. Are they Ian McKellen? Alan Rickman. Rickman yeah. with the Harry Potter. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it just wouldn't have worked. No. Right? Like, yeah, I actually so I, often, I read that and I was like, no. So often I good. question casting directors because I'm like, you read their initial choices and I'm like, you're an idiot if you thought that that person <laughs> yes. would be good at this. Yeah. You're terrible at your job. Yes. You lucked out. It didn't yes. work. Yes. Yes. No, that would have been terrible. I mean, I Rickman's amazing, but that would have been terrible. I wouldn't have let, yeah. Um, interesting. Hmm. So, yeah, I, um, really my, my trivia was more this. So Pixar has won essentially half of all of the best animated features. Sure. But it didn't win the first. And it also did not win the second. It eventually won the third for Finding Nemo. Sure. Do you want to throw out a guess of what you think the second best animated feature oh was in God. 2002? 2002? Holy. I didn't know that. I actually did not know this either. Where I was like, because I thought this person or this studio had never won an Oscar, actually. Is it Studio Ghibli? Yeah. Like uh, My Neighbor Totoro or whatever? That was from the 90s. No. Spirited Away. Really? Was, yeah. I honestly thought that Ghibli had never won an Oscar just because of... The timing the, and such. Disney and Pixar over the last... Because you add Disney into the mix. Yeah. With other films like Frozen and Zootopia along the way. Um, Spirited Away. Spirited Away won in I can see... Yeah. Have you seen uh, Princess Mononoke? Yeah. Oh, it's been man. a long time since I've seen it, but yeah. I, it's, it's beyond... It was, or, like, but that was also timeline. before... It was like 98 or whatever. Yeah, 98, 98. Yep. I definitely want to go back and watch that. But anyway, for what it's worth, I, yep. didn't, know, I didn't know idea. Do hmm. you have any final thoughts on Shrek as we close out our mini-pod? I did not expect it to be enjoyable. And overall, it was meh. But it, uh, <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised that it was better than I expected. I think like there's one thing that it does well is it really tapped into at the time. There's a ton of great one-liners, mm-hmm. really good notes, and yep. it lacks the heart of say like a Pixar film. Like it definitely lacks totally. any kind of emotional depth. It's very slapstick yep. in many ways. Yeah, <clears throat> totally. but really well done. The Duloc song I still sing in my head every now and again <laughs> uh, with the pu- with the uh, marionettes or whatever they are. <laughs> Um, great, like they they do a really good job with that kind of stuff. It's a fun movie. It's really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, my my final thought was really, <laughs> um, Shrek really gives a, all of us big and ugly guys hope <laughs> that you can really find a beautiful princess who's really an ugly ogre on the inside. Yeah, it's like, all gonna work out. All of us. Yeah, it gives us all hope. You're to, gonna to be. Find, I'm gonna be just fine because I'll just yep. wait for my princess Fiona. Yeah, yeah, yep, you, absolutely. You, you, your true love's form. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Uh, so <laughs> great. This has been a uh, mini pod edition of our Twenty Years Four Beers podcast. I want to say follow us on Twitter at years underscore beers or on Facebook, and you can also head to twenty years four beers dot com. 
my name is Steve, and this is Tim. And thanks for listening. Thank you. Oh man, I like this. I didn't want to like it. I didn't want to like it. Yeah, this, this is the same room. No.